Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ubazoo Radio. Because you hit every other damn thing out there, I want you to be perfect. He didn't bump you, he didn't nudge you, he rubbed you. And rubbing son is racing. Hey race fans, welcome to another edition of Drafting the Circus. Welcome to the Hoobazoo Radio Network. My name is Frank Santorowski. I'll be your host to guide you through the next hour of, uh, as we discuss everything racing. Um, got a light panel tonight. Uh, some of our guys are traveling to Long Beach uh, for the IndyCar uh, Grand Prix of Long Beach, the 43rd edition of that race. Uh, but I do have with me in the studio tonight Mr. Gray Warren, as always. Gray, how are you? I'm doing fine tonight. Hope everyone else is. Absolutely. And uh, Seth, Seth Eggert, how are you tonight, Seth? Uh, doing fine. Uh, what about you with your weather? 
Well, I mean, you know, we're we're hunkering down for storms here. Uh, you know, obviously we we tape the show Wednesday to air tomorrow when uh, when the weather's probably nice. Uh, so we might just sound silly talking about the thunderstorms, but uh, but my gosh, a lot of a lot of tornadoes through the area. I just uh, I, I hope that everybody stays safe. Um, as as uh, as we soldier through this, so so anyway, um, SP 500 at Martinsville. Um, Gray, you took the opportunity to uh, head head down to Martinsville or up to Mar- up to Martinsville, I guess. You're in South Carolina. Um, have you a couple hot dogs uh, and enjoy the race. Um, so Keselowski uh, came home the winner um, after uh, was it a, a pit pit road uh, speed limit thing early in the race? Dropped him back, uh, or was it one? Yeah, he- Go ahead. Sorry about that. Uh, one was a pit road speeding penalty. I think he also uh, uh, either had a lug nut issue or something as well, just like uh, Vegas or Atlanta when he won earlier in the season. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It wasn't, wasn't an easy road, but uh, the, uh, you know, put it into victory lane. Really happy uh, Penske team at Keselowski. First win for Ford at the track in 2002. First win for Penske at the track since 2004, and the first Martinsville win for Brad Keselowski. So, Gray, you were there, man. You talk us through it. Oh, it was it was a terrific race. Beautiful day for a race. Uh, you know, it was as, to me it was much anticipated because I wanted to see the how the new segment uh, format worked there, and I thought it, I thought it worked out and created created a, a really good race. As you said, uh, Keselowski had some had some early trouble. Uh, fell back through the field, but it but it became apparent early in the race to me that the two and the eighteen cars were probably going to be the two best cars there because the moves they could make in traffic inside outside uh, and they were both of those cars when they would fall back in the field due to pit stops or in Keselowski's uh, circumstance with 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 pit road issues they were able to rally and come back up through the field. Uh, Pretty good race. There was about there was fourteen cautions. Of course, two of them were for uh, stage completions. Plenty of action all over the track, as it always is at at, uh, at Martinsville. Uh, Kyle Busch, uh, you know, dominated the uh, the middle. Uh, really, I'll say the middle third of the race, or probably more than that, because he led about two hundred and seventy four laps, and. Uh, didn't like the tires he got after the last pit stop, and uh, Keselowski was able to, to be patient and uh, and follow Kyle and uh, was able to pounce when uh, when he had the opportunity and was able to drive away uh, drive away there at the end, uh, even with some late cautions uh, that uh, the restarts kind of created. But uh, very interesting race. Uh, Good finish for uh, for, for uh, Austin Dillon. He brought it home on brought it home uh, fifth. Uh, that's a car that didn't really start the race in, in, in a good position, but that team worked well on pit road all day and gained uh, Austin spots. And the car they made the car better uh, as the day went on, and he was able to finish with a very solid top five. Also, a good run for uh, for Chase Elliott. Uh, Chase ran in the top uh, ran in the top five all day long. With a, had a really really good car, and for uh, you know he and he won the truck race uh, the previous day. But for someone not having a great deal of experience at Martinsville, really really did well and up there. And I was uh, 
that was uh, that was encouraging, I think, for the for the Hendrick camp. Uh, Joey Logano, you, we 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 talked about Keselowski's issues. Uh, Joey and um, and um, Keselowski were caught on the same pit stop for speeding on pit road, and both those cars were were relegated to the to the rear of the field. And uh, Joey's road back up to the front took a little bit longer and was a little more eventful, but uh, there at the end. Uh, they, he kind of found his way, and, and they made their car better, and uh, he was able to uh, to grab a, uh, a fourth-place uh, finish. So good showing for Penske uh, all the way around. It was a, it was a kind of a terrible day for a lot of the guys that you that usually run good. Uh, the Harvick uh, didn't have a particularly good day. Uh, Denny Hamlin uh, didn't have a good day. Junior uh, had his had his issues uh, during the day also. So. Uh, yeah, but um, I thought it was a really good race. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Enjoyed going up there. And I'm looking forward to going back uh, in uh, in uh, for the uh, fall race. Uh, that of course that race will be part of the playoffs. Uh, it's going to uh, have the new format where NASCAR is going to uh, let the cars practice. Uh, the Cup cars will go in, check in on Saturday morning. They'll have two practices on Saturday. They'll qualify at 11 o'clock. Uh, uh, Sunday morning, and the race will follow approximately three in the afternoon, which would probably have that race finishing under the new lights there at Marshall. So I believe as as we get closer to that date, that that's going to be a much anticipated race. And on top of that, you also have JTG Doherty racing with both AJ Allmendinger and Chris Buescher finishing in top eleven. Uh, they have not run well this season until this point. Uh, aside from AJ's top five at day- the Daytona 500, all of his finishes have been outside the top 15, including a penalty at Atlanta that gave him negative 24 points for Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. He was He's climbing out of a hole. And you also have Eric Jones, who finished 12th. He had a good day. He was running up in the top 10, top 15 all day long. Uh, Clint Boyer scratched and clawed his way up into a 7th place finish. He was as low as 22nd or 23rd. Uh, behind uh, Kev- his teammates Kevin Harvick, Kurt Busch, and for the majority of the race, Danka Patrick was leading the charge for Stuart Haas Racing. Yeah, Kurt Busch had, uh, Bush had trouble uh, there. He got... Uh, he got together with another car and uh, uh, got a fender in on a tire, and, and, and finally, uh, I think he had to cut a tire down, hit the wall, and, and that ended his day uh, with some right front uh, right front damage. Again, like I alluded to, Harvick uh, did not run well. Uh, Boyer, yeah, he soldiered along all day. He was involved in the last caution with uh, Kenseth and uh, and. Uh, uh, Martin Truex there uh, near near the end of the race. And Truex, I tell you, Truex had a good solid day going uh, for for a, a good portion of the race. And then, of course, he was uh, he was in one of those last skirmishes there, and he fell back to about a uh, let's see, I believe it was about a sixteenth place finish. Kyle Larson, who'd been hot as a firecracker uh, so far on the tour, uh, coming off a win at California, uh, he started uh, on the pole. Uh, by virtue of uh, qualifying being rained out, and he led about the first uh, oh, 25 or so laps of the race, and he kind of fell back uh, uh, early on, and um, and didn't uh, didn't really have uh, 
have really a, a really a good strong finish uh, as well, he's been accustomed to. Well, for Larson, uh, late in the race he started climbing back up into the top ten, and then with about twenty five thirty laps to go, he had a battery that started to die. Yeah. Okay. And that relegated him to a seventeenth place finish, and his teammate Jamie McMurray. Uh, his crew chief, Matt McCall, missed the call this week. Uh, no pun intended, but uh, he had a tire rub round lap 100 or so, and his crew chief kept telling him one more lap, one more lap, one more lap. Eventually, his left rear tire cut down, and he slammed the wall in three and four. Yeah, and that ended, and that ended his day, and he was having a pretty good day. Uh, prior to prior to contact with another car, because uh, he was he was during the first uh, uh, first fifth of the race he was running uh, in in the top uh, in the top five. So yeah, uh, not a good day for the for the Ganassi team certainly. And speaking of contact, there were a couple of drivers that couldn't stay away from contact this week. Uh, let's see, Kyle Busch and Ryan Blaney were bumping off of drivers left and right. Uh, Bush was leading the second stage, coming to take the green and white checkered flag at the end of the second stage until he got a bump from uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., giving the lead and ultimately the stage win to Chase Elliott and allowing Stenhouse to regain uh, the to get back on the lead lap. Blaney, let's see, he bumped into Junior, he bumped into uh, Keselowski, Logano, well, Kyle I you, Busch. <laughs> I tell you what, and not a lot of those were not not Ryan's uh, doing. Ryan Ryan was on the receiving end of a lot of those bumps too. Exactly. So, uh, uh, he, he he. I tell you what, Ryan was running really good uh, through the first uh, uh, through the through the second stage. Uh, he finished uh, fifth. In the uh, in the second stage, and after that, he had contact with. I think he and uh, Almendinger got together one time, and then he had several other skirmishes uh, during the race with with people, and uh, and that of course led to a, a a poor finish for the for the twenty one that that you know started out as a promising day for him. But going back to Stenhouse, had he not gotten back onto the lead lap when he did moving Kyle Busch out of the way. He would have been trapped a lap down, gotten the lucky dog, but would have restarted in the rear of the field, as the lucky dog usually does. Instead, he was able to pit with the field. Uh, I don't think he gained any positions on pit road, but he restarted in the middle of the field, and he was able to scratch and claw all the way up to a 10th place finish. Yeah, he parlayed it into a 10th place finish, and that was that's a good good encouraging sign for uh, for the Roush uh for the Roush entries. That's good. Yeah, and on a side note, Kyle Busch was none too happy with Stenhouse and let him know. But, um, you know, Martinsville is the kind of race that um, really uh, ramps up the tempers sometimes. So it's like, you know, I don't know, Gray, you've been going to Martinsville uh, for quite a long time. I probably went to every Martinsville race through the decade of the 90s when I used to live in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And we've seen a lot of this, you know, bumping, banging, leaning um, you know, pushing up to the wall. I remember one one race. I saw the uh, the two leaders uh, who were teammates, and it was Kenny Schrader and Ricky Rudd took one another out. You know, and opened the door for uh, Jeff Bodine to come out of no- nowhere and win the race. So, <clears throat> and this kind of racing that Marsville produces. But uh, you know, I want to talk about the race winner, Brad Keselowski, 
Um, and I know you guys know I I quite uh, enjoy watching Keselowski drive. You know, I often say, well, I'm the IndyCar correspondent. I'm not really allowed to have a favorite IndyCar driver, but uh, <laughs> but I'll tell everybody in, in the world that my favorite NASCAR driver is Keselowski. Um, but as I look at this season, you know, we're only five races in. Uh, the season is very young, but uh, Brad has been a factor in each and every race. Um, you know, and, and aside from the 27th place finish at Daytona, where he uh, crashed out of the race, he's finished in the top five in in all those other four races. He's got two wins, both of his wins, and his second place at uh, California. He was forced to go back to the back of the field for uh, pit lane issues, lug nut issues, um, you know, things kind of, uh, you know, beyond his control or within his control. And, uh, you know, Gray, you had mentioned that uh, Keselowski was very patient at Martinsville. And patience is not a word that we've associated with Keselowski in the past. Um, I I believe what we're seeing right now is a, a, you know, a a smarter, more patient um, Keselowski. And that's that's dangerous for the other guys, rest of the guys out here. I think Keselowski is going to be the man to beat for the balance of the season. Uh, just look how strong uh, the team is, uh, you know, even with Logano and uh, Blaney and the satellite team. And I think Brad is driving um, much smarter than we've seen. And here's a guy who's had, you know, highly publicized run-ins with... Uh, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just one dollar text the word grade to 32 32 32 right now hooked on phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day for more than 30 years hooked on phonics has been the proven learn to read program that kids love to use text grade to 32 32 32 and teach your child to read in just 30 days guaranteed text grade to 32 32 32 right now and get started for just one dollar text grade to 32 32 32 now text grade to 32 32 32 Denny Hamlin, Carl Edwards, he had a fist fight with Jeff Gordon, right? Um, After the Martinsville race, I was watching uh, the Facebook Live uh, on Brad's uh, channel there where um, it was his his wife, Paige, um, and and the child um, in victory lane. And Brad just looked so happy and gracious. Then we saw Brad stroll up into the stands uh, and high-five fans uh, right there. And this is... Keselowski has been one of these polarizing um, personalities in NASCAR. You know, love him or hate him. But uh, all I could see in the stands were the fans just uh, cheering for appreciate. You know, just high fiving them back. So it was, I thought it was pretty neat. Seth, you've got a thought on this too? 
Yeah, much like Kurt Busch, I'm, and I mentioned this after the Daytona 500, uh, we're seeing a couple of drivers run very differently than they have in the past and carry themselves very differently. I think that's, you know, and it's a maturity process. There's you know? that. Yeah. There's that, but also the few that I'm going to name, they all have one thing in common or at least something close to it in common. And it's Kurt Busch, Brad Keselowski, Dale Jr., in the Xfinity Series, I'll say Daniel Hemrick. They've all gotten married recently. See, now, now, Seth, you're stealing my thunder. Because, <laughs> um, because the um, the person who used to host the Draft and the Circus show before me, uh, Miss Candace Smith, that that was her theory, that when um, when these guys find the right gal and settle down, um, that happiness in their personal life um, directly affects success in their, you know, career life, um, whether it be race car driver, or whatever. And and I think she's on to something. And you know, you know, Brad got married back in uh, February. Married Paige after they had the child Scarlett. Um, and um, I don't know if you saw the Facebook Live thing, but um, there's no denying that's Kozlowski's daughter. You know, lovely little girl. Uh, so. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I think you're onto something. I think Candace was onto something too. Now, now Gray, I know, Gray, I know you've heard this from Candace too. Yeah, and I, I don't know if marriage had anything to do with it or not because uh, Brad Keselowski is a champion. He's an elite driver and has been, uh, and he and he's and he's shown the talent since he burst on the scene. Um, He's had he's he's off to a good start this year. Aside from the wreck at uh, at Daytona, uh, he could easily have three wins now. Uh, he was leading late at Las Vegas until he and was probably going to win that race until he had uh, uh, some kind of issue on the right front, allowing uh, Truex to uh, overtake him again and uh, and end up in victory lane. But uh, yeah, the Penske team is strong. Uh, they bounced back. Uh, they've done their homework in the offseason. Uh, the Ford teams as a whole, I think, have, have shown well uh, so far this year. Um, I don't know that we've seen, uh, you know, this, a, a, a stark transformation in, in, in Brad. Brad's always been, to me, a real cerebral driver anyway. He's smart. He's calculating, and, and he's, won a lot of, he's won a lot of races that way. Um I think you know Martinsville is is kind of an acquired uh, uh, ability, if you will, uh, to 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 learn how to win there. Uh, you look at Jimmy Johnson, who's got nine wins there, and Jimmy is Jimmy will do them by patience. In Martinsville, because because of the very nature of the type of racing that we've been talking about, requires patience to run because. You're going to make pit stops, and you're going to fall back deep in the field and deep in traffic. And you've got to be able to uh, to use your patience and work your way back to the front using strategy and using you know knowing knowing when to use your car to get back up through there. Uh, I think Brad Brad Brad's run good at Martinsville before and has never been able to close the deal. Uh, he was this time. He was patient. Uh, that was some old school style racing there at the end. How he followed, how he followed uh, uh, Kyle and followed him, followed me. Just was there, running right in his tire tracks, not pressing the issue, not being overly aggressive, um, 
and then when the, when the opportunity came, he pounced on it and, and was able to overtake Kyle and drive away and win the race. Uh, by the same token, I told you that, that the two and the 18 had the two best cars up there all day, and it became clearly evident very early on that, that uh, the two was a very good car when he, after he had the pit road penalty and was re- relegated to the rear of the field, he came through the field like a hot knife through butter. And he, he was, I'm going to say, passively aggressive. He knew when to, to use that car, but he didn't use it up. And he was able to come through the field and get, and, and in no time, he was solidly back in the top 15 and, and, and got back into the top 10 very quickly, I thought, because he had a decent car and was able, able to, to, you know, take advantage of it. But he, he, he did save some for the end and, and was able to prove that by taking the win. But yeah, Brad's an elite driver and he's with an elite team and, and, and he's a former champion. He knows how to get it done. And yes, he will be, he'll be one to be reckoned with all year long and, and be one of the favorites to, to, to win the cup this year. You know, I just feel like he's more focused this year, uh, you know, with his driving and, you know, we, we know Brad as a guy that wears his heart on his sleeve and will tell you exactly what's on his mind. You know, and we, you know, all through the, the, the getting sent to the back of the field, you know, three times this year, not once did I hear that frustration uh, on, the, on, the, on the radio transmission that we're used to. You know, the old, the old Brad was, a, you know, the easily frustrated and whatnot, and, the, and even, uh, you know, some of his contemporaries, including Kyle Busch, still are so easily frustrated on the radio. I just, Brad just seems so calm, cool, yeah. and in control that I just, I just think it's uh, – you know, dangerous for the rest of the guys. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> you know, I now, think too. He's becoming a Penske driver. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And there's a certain, and you'll agree. You you followed you followed the Penske Penske effort in in IndyCar for many many years. And there's a certain style and a certain demeanor that Penske drivers uh, have or attain. And and I think that you're seeing. You know, we talk about you. I think you're seeing probably more of that influence uh, than anything uh, on Brad. And Brad's been there a long time. I mean, he's 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 been uh, he's been with Penske a good while, and I think I, I believe it's his that. seventh you, seventh season with right. Penske. Right. Yeah. I think you're just yeah. seeing that that evolution, you know, uh, as a as a Penske driver. Now, this Seth, Seth you've got some comments. Seventh season. Yes, I do. Uh, looking back. Uh, after Phoenix, both Kevin Harvick and Brad Keselowski had their crew chiefs suspended per NASCAR due to r- rule violations. Harvick's team appealed it at an auto club, so Rodney Childers was there, and they dropped the appeal before Martinsville, so he was not there. Meanwhile, Brad Keselowski and Team Penske, they uh, had Paul Wolf sit out at auto club and then appealed it before Martinsville. So Paul Wolf was actually back on the box this weekend. Yes, he was. Mm-hmm. He was there. And that is a very smart move by Team Penske, knowing that Martinsville, yes, it's been a good track for Brad, but he hasn't been able to close the deal. Instead of having a substitute crew chief on the box to bring back Paul Wolf. Yeah, I agree because, you know, that you got to know you're never going to win those appeals. Very, very seldom are any of those things ever overturned. 
So I, I think, you know, and, and it also shows you the depth of the Penske organization. Uh, being, you know, Brad, uh, there again, we, we go back one week earlier. Brad gets caught up in a wreck on the very start of the race, has the car damaged, and it ends up, you know, with a tire rub, spins the car, brings out the first caution uh, at Auto Club, rallies to a second-place finish out there. That shows you the tenacity of and, and the smarts and the patience of uh, and, and just, the, you know, the guile of, of, of Keselowski. To go back and do it, it's the mark of a champion. How many times we've seen Jimmy Johnson over the years in his in his in all his championship runs, where he would he he would encounter difficulty and or you know adversity during a race and be able to rally, you know, and, and have a decent finish. So that's that's what you that's the mark of a champion that you're seeing in in, in Keselowski, I believe, and that team. Oh my gosh! Radio silence. <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, Gray, you're you're absolutely spot on in your comments now. Now, do we want to talk about the um, support race? We had a the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. Yeah, had a truck series race there. So um, Seth, you want to talk us through that a little bit? Gray, well, j- j- jump in if you like. Let's see. Uh, GMS Racing swept the front row and qualified. Chase Elliott in their all-star truck got the pole. Johnny Stalder who was leading the points entering the weekend, was second. Uh, let's see. Chase Elliott won the first stage. There, was, The first stage, I think, went caution-free, except for a caution on, like, lap four by a truck that spun, and that truck got parked. I don't exactly know the story as to what happened there, but... Uh, someone got parked on lap four after he spun. Moving on from that, it was a caution-free first stage. Chase Elliott won. Second stage, there was a caution about midway through, and Chase Elliott, along with Christopher Bell and a few others, went off-cycle and pitted, while Johnny Sauter, Matt Crafton, and a bunch of the championship contenders... Uh, stayed out. Johnny Sauter went on to win the stage, so GMS Racing also swept both stages. Johnny Sauter now also has three stage wins for the season, three playoff points. Uh, let's see. Uh, the bulk of the cautions this past weekend in the Truck Series were caused by the Brad Keselowski racing drivers of Austin Sindrick and uh, Chase Briscoe. Briscoe had a couple run-ins with Noah Gregson and a number of others. Austin Sindrick, his moment of the day was trying to stay on the lead lap, ended up spinning in front of Christopher Bell late in the race, handing the lead over to Chase Elliott, who eventually went on to win. And that's the first cup driver to win this season in the truck series. First cup driver to win a stage this season in the truck series. Uh, And he was the only cup driver other than Ty Dillon in the field. Yeah. And I think with the new, the new rules, you're going to see, you're going to see less cup drivers uh, in the truck series. And you're going to see more of the, uh, 
so-called truck regulars probably take the uh, the lion's share of the races. There'll be a few places like Bristol later in the year, and some of the uh, some of the some of these other tra- tracks where you see a few interlopers. But uh, for the most part, I think the new uh, the new format with that limits the participation of the uh, Cup guys. You're gonna you're gonna just like you are in Xfinity. You're gonna see uh, you're gonna see the uh, the talent in the in the uh, in the truck series rise to the top. Speaking of talent uh, and this rule package, as far as Cup drivers being limited to a certain number of starts in the Xfinity and Truck Series uh, today, Wednesday, since we record on Wednesday th- this week, uh, Kyle Benjamin was signed to a four race deal with Joe Gibbs Racing in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. And he is the youngest winner in ARCA Racing Series history. He won at the age of 13 at, I think it was Mobile from what I saw. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just thought that was an interesting side note that Joe Gibbs Racing is still putting all their pieces together for the Xfinity Series as a result of the rule package. And in turn, it's giving younger drivers, young up-and-coming drivers, more chances and more opportunities. And speaking of young drivers, uh, just a little side note, it's not NASCAR-related, it's ARCA-related. Richard Petty's grandson, Dad Moffat, is scheduled to make his ARCA Racing Series debut this weekend at the Nashville Fairgrounds. And speaking of young drivers, I saw a thing, and it comes out of the NHRA, that uh, and I can't remember the kid's name, Tanner something, at 17, was the the youngest person to win an NHRA main. Somebody's Googling. <laughs> I hear it, but uh, that, that was uh, another story right Tanner there. Gray. But, Tanner Gray, yeah, he's... um. Tanner Gray. Yeah, one uh so yeah, good to have. But speaking of young drivers, let's talk about because you mentioned him, Austin Cindric. Um, what are your thoughts on Austin Cindric? I mean, he is the son of Tim Cindric, who was the president of Pesky Racing. He drives a truck for Brad Keselowski. Um, this kid's career has kind of been all over the place, right? Um, uh, he's I, run just about everything. He uh, he ran Global Rallycross for two or three Rallycross, years. He, he did the Pirelli World Challenge. He did a season of uh, U.S. Formula uh, 2000, which I thought was Super kinda... Trofeo Lamborghini. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, the list goes on and on for him. I know. Him. So, I mean, and so, of course, now he's, um, you know, of course, you know, his, his, his dad opens a lot of doors for him. Uh, Tim Sindrick is actually a pretty good friend of mine. I the first person I was ever granted an interview interview with that was involved in racing was Tim Sindrick and this is 1998 or 1999. He had just been hired by Penske Racing. I I was uh, invited to the Penske Racing shops which were in Reading, Pennsylvania at the time. Uh, sat down, um, did a nice interview with Tim about who he was and where he was from. Um, you know, he's an Indiana guy, you know, went to uh, home of college and, um, and he's just over, you know, from then to now he has brought, uh, this the Penske racing that was already a spot on organization into, uh, you know, a racing powerhouse. Um, 
But I just wondering what his kid was going to do because I remember when his kid was racing carts. I thought he was going to end up in IndyCars one day, you know, then when he did the... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Formula, Formula Ford 2000, or the, the 2000, then he did the sports cars, the plurality, and now he's in trucks. So um, I, I think the kid's got some chops. What do you think? I agree. Uh, I'll let you go. Well, I was just going to comment, too, that, you know, he also uh, ran in the in the 12 hours of Sebring in a, in a, in a Lexus uh, in, in the GTD division. Uh, he was a teammate with Jack Hawksworth. Uh, in the uh, in the in the twelve hours of Sebring, so yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that probably uh, you know shows some versatility. I think you know he's very very young. He drove a lot of K and N races last year, just gaining experience. And and I think it's great that uh, you know he, he obviously he's got you know his father has got was well connected, very smart guy. Uh, you know, been in the Penske organization for years and years, and I think this kid is probably uh, going to be brought along uh, right uh, and, and and exposed to a lot of different disciplines uh, to uh, to enhance his abilities. I'd just well, be interested to see where we're going to see him when he's 23, 24. You know, are we going to see him? Uh, well, are we going to see him in Indy cars? Are we going to see him uh, in the Monster Energy Series? You know, I. At this point, uh, you know the world is his oyster. His dad's got so many connections, and and well, his and his dad. I know, I know, Gray. You said he's a smart guy. Uh, Tim Sidgwick's actually probably the most brilliant man I've ever met. And I every every time I go to Indy or every time I go go to the IndyCar race, um, I stop by and, and say hi to Tim. Um, he's just a just a good guy. He really is. Um, and I wish his kid the best. Well, and I'm just gonna sit here and say this now. I'm going to call it now, April 5th, 2017. Austin Centric will be the first driver for Team Penske to run the double. I, I just have that feeling about that kid that he will one day run both the 600 and the Indy 500. I don't know if he'll be the first Penske driver to do it. Cause I, I think well, uh, I, I, I think Keselowski I Brad, has that in the I know back he, of his head. But, um, I know he wants to, but it's a matter of whether or not he will get the chance. I mean, that's a whole uh, – so <laughs> for our listeners, I don't know if you got a chance to read the April Fool's Day story <laughs> on um, Motorsports <laughs> Tribune that I wrote. Um, that had, uh, and, yes, I was referencing that. Yes, yes, that had <laughs> both Brad Keselowski and Joseph Newgarden both doing the double. Um, so uh, that that was fun. Um, actually, I actually heard from Newgarden 
Um, he, 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 he thought it was pretty funny. Um, hadn't heard from Kozlowski, but, uh, I, I, I know he's got a good sense of humor too. So I don't know if he had a chance to see it or not, but, uh, that was fun to do. But, uh, so let's, let's talk about next weekend. We are going to Texas. Texas has recent, recently been repaved and reformatted much like Kentucky was a year ago where they put all the piping underground to, uh, help with the drainage that worked well at Kentucky uh, when we had the rainstorm come through on Friday practice they were able to drive the track in oh you know much less time than it would have taken in the past so what are we looking at at Texas guys well you know a little bit of an unknown there they've revamped and reconfigured the track a little less banking and 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 through turns one and two uh the same uh they didn't reconfigure the uh the other ends of the track, three and four, going to see a little bit slower speeds, I think, than uh, than we've seen in the past. Texas has been a lightning fast racetrack uh, over the years. Um, the cars will carry a lot of speed down the front stretch and, and, and in into turn one and, and, and through turn two. Uh, I think we're going to see a little bit different with them laying the banking down a little bit there. Uh, don't know what we'll see. Obviously, we're going to have some new pavement there, so... We'll have to see how that uh, how that comes in and how that affects the cars too, but I think too it's it's still a, it's still the mile and a half intermediate style track, and I think we're going to see guys like uh, you know uh, Johnson. I think we'll see uh, Harvick's team bounce back. Uh, uh, you really can't you really can't put it throw Atlanta in that group because Atlanta's its own its own beast there, but. But you can't. But but these teams that do hit on stuff on on these intermediate packages uh, show strength. I think we'll see Harvick good there. I think we'll see uh, Keselowski and Logano uh, run well there. Uh, also, I think Chase Elliott uh, will, will be strong again there. The, the usual cast. Probably, of yeah, probably, I, I would say Martin Truex as well. Yeah, throw, 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 him, throw him in the mix. Yeah, throw him and, in the mix. And Kyle Busch. And Kyle Busch, yes, throw him in the mix too. So I think we'll see the usual cast of characters uh, rise to the top there uh, at, at Texas. I don't think we'll, uh, you know, I, it, it's like I said, the segment racing as it as it is is gonna is gonna make it a wide open uh, show uh, show there. Uh, the last segment, I think we'll see. Uh, I think we'll get a better idea, you know, of how how things go as it go along in the race. But I would pick. You know, one of that list, someone from that list uh, going forward. Uh, it'll be an interesting race. We'll just have to see how how the cars adapt to the new configuration and the new pavement. But, you know, they always get thrown a curve out there uh, when you when you when anything's new. So we'll just have to see. But I would say our winner is going to come from that list of drivers we just uh, we just mentioned. That's probably a good call, yeah. Seth, what are your thoughts on the new Texas repave? And well, have the, before before you answer, have have the teams been given any opportunity to test they, at all? They, or not? they have not because uh, Goodyear said that the if I remember correctly, Goodyear said that they would not be able to do a tire test with enough time to construct a tire specifically for Texas. So I want to say they're using a tire very similar, if not the same, that they used at Kentucky last year, which has a very similar layout now. But both Kentucky and Texas are much more unique 
now compared to what they used to be in comparison to other 1.5 mile tracks. Good point. Good point. Yeah, I mean Kentucky really. I remember that race last year, even though we saw the you know same old cast of characters. You know, Keselowski won again. He's been so good at that track, but it was a very different Kentucky um, with, with with the reconfiguration. So, so we'll just have to see what happens to Texas. And uh, just to add one more thought on that: that three drivers, at least in recent memory, have won races at brand new tracks in the or reconfigured tracks in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, and those drivers usually end up being Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, or Brad Keselowski. Well, so, there's nothing wrong with that. So, But speaking of which, I mean, you, get, <laughs> you guys mentioned the segment racing, and it just, it just it, it popped a thought in my head. I was reading some social media comments, right? And it was uh, in reference to Martinsville. Um, somebody who's a big race fan that I know, who's a friend of mine on social media, said, I, I really didn't understand this stage racing until now. Now I love it. Uh, it was reference to Martinsville, and I believe it was to the to, to the to, to the stage there where uh, uh, Bush was tangling with um, you know Danica's boyfriend <laughs> and allowing Chase Elliott to win. And um, so, have you? Do you feel like? Um, I, I know you guys both talk to a lot of fans as well as I do. Do you feel like the stage racing is? is kind of catching on and people are understanding a little more and uh, you feel it's, it's 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 a step in the right direction or is it still just a gimmick i think it's a step in the right direction i think it can be perfected just a little bit and when i say perfected uh each week the length of the stage is a little bit different sometimes it's 25 percent, sometimes it's 30 percent, and then sometimes it's uh a little bit more than 30, I've noticed at least once. It was like 31% or some odd number like that. If they could just be a little bit more uniform, depending on the track, like all 1.5 miles maybe be 25%, and then certain other tracks be 30%, or some sort of uniformity just to make it fit a little bit better. I think it. I think as we go on, it creates the competition because I think in a lot of tracks, it, it it's enhanced the race. Uh, the restarts. Anytime you can have a restart, and uh, it's going to create a scramble there. And one thing that it's done is these guys have really got in, and I've been surprised how hard they've raced. Uh, you know, to get into the top ten at the end of these stages. Uh, and, and I think another interesting thing, too, that, that that's kind of added to the mix is the new rule, the new five-minute clock rule that uh, gives the teams five minutes to repair wreck-damaged cars or you, or you have to retire the car. I think we're going to see, as the season goes along, it's going to create some interest in actually in the points race because you're going to see cars move back and move forward throughout the year. You're going to see guys have have a bad weekend and drop in the points and you're going to see them be able to take some stage wins and the additional points you get for the stage wins to recover and bounce back, uh, you know, into the, uh, into the mix. You know, I talked to a couple of guys, you know, just last night and we were talking about, uh, we were, we were, I was asking them their opinion of the, of the five minute rule and, and 
these guys who who are like the points race thing where where guys that would uh you know work on their cars even if they were multiple laps down and get back in the race to gain as many points as they could because every point was important you know when you when you total them up at the end of the year uh it takes away that element but there again it it, it it's a trade-off because if you have a way of re of regaining those points by segment racing in, in in events subsequent events down the road you can regain those lost points so i think that 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 together you know adds an interesting element that that'll kind of evolve you know as we go forward in the season and also with the five-minute rule there are a lot of people who were worried at martinsville and other short tracks that teams would not have enough time to actually uh, do repairs because of how slow uh, the pit road speed is. Daniel Suarez, his team ripped off the nose of his car after he uh, piled into somebody on the restart, and he was basically driving a modified the rest of the race, and they did that in under five minutes. Right, and they did multiple pit stops. They they were they were able. You can you know that that clock doesn't go to the repairs are finished. You know you can you can you can come in work on the car, the car can circulate under caution, and you can continue uh, to do it. They work, they work very smart. Exactly. And they weren't the only team that had to do repairs like that. They're just the first one that came to mind with how extensive his repairs had to be. Well, and, uh, so uh, that, that going along with that, too, they were extensive, but, but there again, they were cosmetic. Mostly, they weren't. You know, you weren't, we weren't talking about any 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 structural damage like like Jamie McMurray suffered or uh, Kyle Busch suffered. Those types of repairs obviously are going to. You know, when you've got broken upper and lower control arms and things like that, are going to take much longer to fix. You know, they were able to to peel away sheet metal and have the car circulate. You know, and, and make a lap. You know, uh, which you know cut that clock back off and more importantly once they got those repairs made the car was able to maintain minimum speed exactly uh kurt bush his repairs were done in under five minutes he went out made one green flag lap at minimum speed a lap later his right front blows because of uh damage i want to say it wasn't the fender but it was under the fender and he clobbered the wall, and that ended his day. Mm-hmm. So but, not all of the repairs can actually be seen either. Yeah, Yeah. so that's a, a continuing issue. You know, we thought we'd see more cars go by the wayside at Martinsville with the five-minute rule than we did. You know, we had, you know, a pretty high finishing percentage at Martinsville. Um, and, Gray, you and I talked about it some weeks ago. So when we get to Martinsville, we might have to change that, but... Uh, Worked out pretty well. So, anyway, let's go around the water cooler and and let's just throw out our picks for Texas. And uh, which one do you guys want to go first? I'll just flip a coin. Whoever whoever, whoever well, yells, yells the name go. first. Well, I'll I let, won last week. I'll let Seth go first. Go right ahead. Uh, last week I won with Brad Keselowski. He has a history at, of winning at reconfigured tracks. I'll just pick him again, Brad Keselowski. All right, and Gray, who you like? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for that 48 to break out of its funk. 
I picked him last week, and he was he did not have a good day at Martinsville. Uh, I'm gonna say uh, Jimmy's gonna Jimmy's gonna find a little bit of that magic and uh, and win at Texas. And I'm gonna pick another guy who's uh, got to get out of his funk, who's winless so far this year. Now I'm gonna say Kevin Harvick wins at Texas. Okay, yeah. So, so there it's you go. Pick. And 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 and, and, and the other guys that uh, that are off traveling to Long Beach. Well, we could say, uh, um, Joey, you can have Danica Patrick. Uh, Josh can have uh, Chris Busher. <laughs> and let's give Chris. Uh, let's give uh, Christopher Reed Sorensen. Reed Sorensen. There you go. Reed's a good guy, man. I like Reed. He uh, he wrote a um, he wrote a uh, driver's column for us at Motorsports Tribune last year. So. Um, gosh, I'd love to see resource in a victory lane. But anyway, so let's let's move on. Talk about open wheel for a little bit. We've got uh, the Grand Prix of China coming up, and we've got the Grand Prix of Long Beach coming up uh, this weekend. Um, before we go into next week, where it's Easter weekend and uh, nobody's going to be racing, so um, let's start with uh, let's start with China. We have. Uh, you know, totally new package in Formula One. Ferrari brought it home. Um, do you think Mercedes uh, has an answer to them this week in China? You know, we were. I, I was. I was. I picked the. I picked the 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 Ferrari team to win at uh, at Melbourne, and uh, I was picking basically with my heart. I was hoping, you know. That Ferrari would 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 win had no idea, you know that 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 they would show the type of strength that they did there. I mean, we all kept up with uh, preseason testing and we saw the gains that uh, that Ferrari had made, but we didn't we didn't know how close it would be. Uh, I was impressed with the pace that that Ferrari was able to to keep and maintain at Melbourne, and uh, it showed to me. Uh, and I made the comment last week that uh, with these the, the new error the new aero rules that they've that they've got in effect, it reminds me a lot of of NASCAR in the fact that the cars that get out front and are running in clean air are going to have it are going to have an advantage over the cars running in turbulent air. And I think it, that in some in some part paid uh, paved the way for Ferrari to win that because. Uh, they use their strategy uh, uh, to uh, pit strategy to re- to gain the lead, and once they got in the lead, it was difficult for the uh, uh, for the other cars to overtake. And uh, of course, you know the, the Red Bull and, and and the Mercedes were behind him, and and Vettel was able to to gap those guys and, and hold them off for for the win. Um, I think we're going to see when we go to different tracks. We're going to see. Uh, the Red Bull uh, probably uh, show its strength at some tracks. Obviously, Mercedes is going to be good at a lot of places. And I think we're going to see Ferrari show their strength at, at certain tracks, too. Um, obviously, I'm not – I wish, you know, Chris and, and, and Joey and, and, and Richard and some of those guys that follow Formula One a lot more, know some more of the nuances than I do that could could address those things. But uh, – I will. I would say that uh, for uh, Mercedes is going to go into this race loaded for bear. Uh, they're going to want to. They they're going to want to extract a little bit of revenge this weekend. But I also say that 
you know, Ferrari's going to go in with a lot of a lot of confidence, you know, knowing knowing what they can do. So if if Ferrari can maintain the same pace, and even if even if Mercedes comes out with the pole uh, and is able to keep pace with them, I think that was one important thing that that happened at Melbourne was that even when uh, uh, Hamilton who 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 jumped out at the start from the pole uh, never could gap uh, Vettel. He was able to stay close and stay within a second or two, and that which was very important and laid the groundwork for Ferrari to use strategy uh, to beat Mercedes uh, in the opening round. So uh, that's going to be important. We're going to see if if, uh, if these if the cars are a lot closer together, and if that's the case, uh, I think we're going to I think we're going to be in for a very interesting year. I think we're going to be for you know it's not going to be a one horse show this year you know what i mean it's not gonna be mercedes winning every week you know ferrari's already showed us that so um i, I just it's so early in the season uh the the package is new uh the wider tires the, the different arrow i think that the arrow has made it harder to pass i think they should have gone with more mechanical grip but uh it, either way it'll be interesting race to play out um on a side note um pascal Wehrlein is gonna have to sit out again this week still not entirely healthy from that um, injuries sustained in the in the race of champions, um, Antonio Giovinazzi, Giovinazzi, if I said that correctly, will be in that car again this week uh, in the Sauber. So um, that'll be on in the middle of the night, the Grand Prix of China. But let's talk about the IndyCar Series going to Long Beach. Um, this will be the 43rd Long Beach Grand Prix. But it's also the 40th anniversary of the 1977 Long Beach Grand Prix, which is the race that really put Long Beach on the map. And that's when Mario Andretti uh, took the Lotus for the win and became the first and so far only American driver to win a Formula Formula One race on American soil. Um, And and I've talked to Mario, and Mario said this in several interviews, that uh, that Long Beach win in 77 was even more satisfying than win the Indy 500. Um, that race has such a long and great history. Um, Indy uh, Car is coming in. We've got Sebastian Bourdais is the um, the one winner of the year. Uh, they tested at Sonoma, all the Honda teams last week. Sebastian Bourdais, fastest of the test. Um, so it could be a good weekend for Honda. Any thoughts, guys? You know, I tell you what. Based on the season up, season opening round, I tell you what. I think we're wide open. You know, wide uh, open. I, I, obviously, Penske, you know, uh, showed their strength in qualifying. It, it, but then I tell you what. Weird twists and turns, the way the cautions flew, uh, little pe- people getting ill about it, that kind of thing. But hey, racing's racing, and the you can't control when the cautions fly and things like that. And, uh, of course, and, you know, and, and Bourdais was able to capitalize on that and really scramble the field. Uh, you know, if we don't see that, we see a more, more what, you know, what we would allude to as a, a traditional race. Uh, you know, I think, uh, I think we're going to see Will Power and, and Pagano, uh, and those guys, uh, pretty much you know do what they did last year um 
you know, I don't, I don't think, but you know, there again, you never, you never know. And I tell you what, I was, I was encouraged by, by, you know, some of what the Hondas were able to do. Uh, Ryan Hunter Ray had a really good car, was able to rally and, and, uh, use strategy and, and had a, had a decent car there as the race went on to, uh, to get a good finish, finish there too. So yeah, uh, this is really going to be, if, if, if we don't have all the weird stuff happen, uh, we'll get a little bit better picture of, of how the season's kind of, kind of, you know, going to go when we go on to, uh, to Barber and then obviously the Grand Prix of Indianapolis. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I wonder if, uh, you know, the Bourdais and his Honda with Dale Coyne showed considerable speed in testing at Sonoma. Sonoma is not very similar to Long Beach, but, uh, but, but again, uh, you know, th- these guys, you know, come out of nowhere to win the season opener. Bourdais has three Long Beach wins to his credit back in his Newman Haas days. Um, but there's other couple guys uh, driving Hondas that have uh, won at Long Beach, including Takuma Sato, who now rides a Calm for um, for uh, Motorsports Tribune, where uh, Seth and I and Joey all write for. Um, and you should check out that Calm on Facebook. Um, and uh, you know, Takuma said that's very similar. Uh, Takuma actually ran quite well at St. Petersburg. Um, Takuma could do well. Um, the Andretti team is coming out, but don't discount those Chevys. You know, Will Power has a couple wins at Long Beach. Elio Castro Nevis has won at Long Beach. You know, or it could be a, you know, could be a, a, the, the new guy at Penske, Joseph Newgarden, and last year's Long Beach winner was Simon Pagano, the defending champion. He's not gonna, he's not gonna fade into the background yet. You know, the season is so young, so new. I'm really looking forward um, to the. IndyCar season, you know, it takes so long to to start up, and we, we end before uh, everybody else ends, and we start after everybody else starts. So, uh, but um, man, Long Beach coming up! I'm so excited. Um, now we're we're getting close on time, but I do want to I do want to mention um, we had a, a racing legend leave us. Um, Sam Ard passed away. Uh, Gray, you knew Sam. You worked with Sam. Um, I want you to, I want to just throw this your way and let you talk about Sam Ard and what he meant to the sport. Yeah, we got the news uh, early Sunday morning that uh, that Sam had passed away, uh, and a very nice tribute uh, given to Sam. A moment of silence before the start of the race. Uh, Sam was a nine-time winner at Martinsville uh, up there, so Sam and 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 Martinsville particularly. Uh, for people in, in, in this region that followed Sam's career in, in, in late model racing uh, through the 70s and 80s. And uh, uh, Sam was one of the first stars of the of, of the Bush Grand National Series. It got its start in 1982. Uh, Sam finished second uh, in, in the inaugural season in the points. He came back the next year in 1983 and 1984 and won the championship. Uh in, in the Bush series early on and scored, uh, scored about, uh, 22 wins, uh, between 1982 and 1984. Uh, again, he was the most popular driver in the Bush series in, uh, in 83 and 84, along with it, with his championships, uh, in the, in the, uh, of course, just, just to give you, throw a few statistics out there in 83, he had 10 wins, and 23 top five finishes in that championship season. 
the following uh, the, in, in 84, he had eight wins and 24 top fives. Sam was a fierce, fierce competitor uh, on the racetrack and, and, and one of my heroes uh, coming up. Uh, little did I know that uh, when I was watching him win those championships uh, a year or so later that I'd be working with Sam. Um, and uh, Sam was, was seriously hurt in a, in a crash at Rockingham in the next to last race of uh, 1984. He missed the last race of his championship season because he was in the hospital. Uh, Sam ultimately, those injuries ultimately led to Sam's retirement uh, as a driver. Sam came back uh, uh, as a crew chief for, uh, for then Charlie Luck, one of the team that I was working on. And I, I worked with Sam for, for two years in, in that role. And uh, I am forever grateful for the, uh, for the lessons learned and the experience gained uh, working under his watchful eye. Uh, Sam was an old school guy. He, he was not only a great driver, but Sam built his cars in, in, in uh, a tremendous mechanic, a tremendous uh, mechanic and, and, and builder. Uh, after he, after his time as a crew chief with, uh, with Charlie Luck, uh, he became a successful owner in the Bush Grand National Series with drivers like Jeff Burton and, and Jimmy Hensley. So, uh, you know, Sam is, is, is definitely a hero and a legend, uh, in, in our area and someone that, uh, that is very deserving, I think, of, of, of consideration and probably should, should go into the NASCAR Hall of Fame uh, one day. Uh, Jack Ingram, who was his nemesis uh, in, the, uh, in, in those early days of the Bush Series, uh, is already in there, and I think it's just a matter of time before, uh, before Sam joins him in there. But, yes, uh, uh, bittersweet weekend uh, and, and, and kind of sad. I, I drove down to Florence last night with uh with a with a former teammate and uh we went down and and, and honored uh honored sam and uh i just couldn't let it go by without uh without going down and and, and paying my respects to sam and his family and my condolences go out to joe and and robert and sharon and, and the kids uh you know sam uh those injuries that he suffered in 1984 kind of led to some health problems that he had in the later years, and uh, he, he, he finally succumbed to Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease at the age of 78. And uh, uh, we'll miss Sam Ard. Uh, what a legend. What a legend indeed, yeah. I mean, there are guys like Seb who, who built this sport. You know, uh, this sport was built on uh, these guys who were – to, you know the uh, Sam are the toughest nails is the uh, yeah the, the the term they always use. So uh, who was that? I can tell you. I can sit and and I, we could sit and talk another two hours uh, about the stories. Uh, I could tell you about working with Sam and he's a, he was he was a teacher. He was he was one of my mentors in the sport. Uh, uh, and uh, like I said, I, I'll be forever grateful. For, for for what I, I mean, he was probably one of the most influential people in, in my career personally. And, and we're so blessed for having known him. So yes, um, exactly. But uh, anyway, we are just we are up against the clock. We're just about out of time. Uh, just going to go around the table for final thoughts, um, real quick. Uh, Seth, what do you got for final thoughts coming into this weekend? Uh, well, it's not exactly going into this weekend, but. The fan vote for the NASCAR Hall of Fame just opened up. 
So if any fan wants to see one of the 20 nominees in particular go into the Hall of Fame, make your vote count. Go on to NASCAR.com and vote. A lot of deserving people in this year's, uh, among these year's nominees. Uh, One of my favorites, personally, is Robert Yates, a longtime team owner, championship team owner, an engine builder, goes back to the to the heyday of the sport, back to the old home and moody days. Uh, uh, and also another friend of mine I've, I've had the pleasure of working with over the years. So, yeah, um, and Robert's, uh, he's undergoing some tough times right now. He's battling cancer, but uh, he's another de- deserving individual uh, up for uh, uh, nomination to the NASCAR Hall of Fame. And, and where can we find this information? Is it on NASCAR's uh, main website? Yeah, that- NASCAR.com, or okay, you can go yeah. into the Hall of Fame website. All right, cool. Yeah, I didn't realize they had uh, released the, um, the nominees for this year, so um, yeah, the voting, I'm, I'm like certainly going to look through there and uh, see. Yeah, like Seth said, the voting starts t- today. But before, I want to give you my final thought, and we'll go 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 to everybody. Big racing, big sports weekend, big racing weekend. I, I look forward. I'm, I'm looking forward to it because we got the Masters Golf Tournament, which is one of my favorite events, and then we've got Three, three terrific races this weekend. We've got Texas on the cup side. Then we've got the support race uh, there. The Xfinity guys will be there also. And then we've got uh, China for the Formula One guys. And, of course, Long Beach is one of the, one of the crown jewels, I think, of, uh, of uh, the IndyCar series this weekend also. Yes, and again, we've got two of our regular panelists are flying out there to uh, California as we speak. Um, to be, be at Long Beach and bring back a lot of stories from the beach. Um, and I'm just looking forward to see what those guys have to say. I'm looking forward to that race. Looking forward to Texas. Uh, Masters, probably not so much. But uh, I, I, I love to play a good game of golf. But um, you know, to, for me to watch it on TV is a <laughs> different story. But uh, you know what? I've enjoyed tonight with you, Gray, and you, Seth, uh, just having a light panel. Um, I want to thank... Uh, Hoobazoo Radio Network. I want to thank our listeners. And um, we will be back in one week's time, guys. Until then, watch the races. Good night. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.